0: Uh, and I was in the top three percent of listeners this year for Billie Eilish. Um, so it's pretty yep. good, man. There's a lot yep. of there's, there's a lot of a, a lot of people. A
1: lot of teenage girls out there. No, I'm not. I'm yeah, no, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't not Not that I'm saying Billie Eilish. <laughs> just only for teenage girls. But I'm saying that's that's possibly more impressive than you know someone listening to an artist within a slightly more niche <laughs> genre.
0: What we do here is go back, 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 back. back. And we're back and we're back with another episode of the bros and Brews podcast episode 29 it's monday the 7th of december and we're here again we're here again we're ready to roll on um it's it's been a good week i, I mean how, how how has the week been for you oh look it's been uh, about five hours since i woke up and
1: so far this week is uh <laughs> oh, yeah, no well, yes, no yeah. last week was yeah it was a good week i what did i do i did some things did some stuff um yeah not really much yeah life rolls on not really that much (laughs) to report i'm now desperately trying to think think back about what went on but yeah nothing nothing of interest especially when it especially when it stacks up against your your very exciting last what 24 48 hours It's just everything i was in comparison yeah last last 24 hours
0: yeah no 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 hey I'll take it I'll take it um yeah look last week uh, we on episode twenty eight we talked about how to gaming and it was me just kind of going into my passion of of video games and all of that and I did mention how I hadn't received the PS five yet and I got a beautiful call yesterday morning from uh, my my lovely EB Games and yeah it was so weird it was so weird now first first off I didn't answer the phone call because. If I don't know a number, I really don't like answering it. I'm the same, man. I'm absolutely the same. If it's important, leave me a voice message. So I I didn't answer it and I got a voice message. So I was like, oh my God, this is important. So I listened to the voice message and it was like, hey, it's Ra -ra -ra from EB Games. Uh, Your PS5 that you pre-ordered for 2021, forget about that. It's in store right now. It'll be on hold for 48 hours. So come in as soon as you can. And I was like my heart started racing, I called my mum straight away, I was like, mum, we need to go to Sylvia Park, she's like, why? I was like, no, we need to go to Sylvia Park, she's like, okay, but why? I was like, my PS5 is here, she was like, oh my god, okay, Uh, I'll I'll, I'll be there straight away, I'll be there soon, I like, like, I had like mild anxiety, like panic, I was like trying to figure out what I was going to do, she came and picked me up, we got to Sylvia Park, and we walked into EB Games and I was like, hey, um, uh, I have a. a, a you have my for child! A, a... <laughs> I have a pickup for a PS5. They're like, oh, yeah, nice, yeah, cool. So I, I got some games already off the shelf that I wanted to get. Um, and he goes out the back, grabs this box of the PS5, and it is massive. He like doesn't throw it, but he puts it onto the counter. And I was standing next to um, a mother and her son on the other side of the counter. And the mum looks over at us and she walks up to me she's like oh, you got a ps5 congratulations like real sincere she was like really happy for me and then the son kind of like looks as well he's like a ps5 oh 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 what and then the guy behind the counter's like oh yeah there was a pre-order like you know there was it was happening he's like, oh that oh that's so cool oh that's so cool and i was like i was happy but i, was, I also felt a little bit guilty for it at the same time because this kid's joy of seeing a ps5 obviously not having a ps5 himself um and then yeah me and mum grabbed the box we started walking through sylvia park and the amount of eyeballs i was getting because um, look the box is big it's very inconspicuous the amount of eyeballs i was getting walking through sylvia park was crazy I got a golden the, ticket. Yeah, I got pretty a golden much.
1: Ticket.
0: <laughs> I um, I we walked past a group of teenagers, and and one of the teenagers was like, "Holy shit, it's a PS5! <laughs> like, it's like, the audible, Nimbus like, Two Thousand. <laughs> it's the fastest one so, yet." <laughs> and it felt like a covert operation trying to get back to the car without being mugged. Um, and no, nope, we got we got it back to the car safely. We got home. Plugged it in, did the data transfer, I played Spider-Man Miles Morales all afternoon, all last night, and it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of tech, Uh, beautiful piece of tech, and I am, I I, I mean, look, early Christmas present to myself, it was was all me, you know, I had the savings, Um, I got plenty of savings, can't use it, so I was like, why not? Um, so yeah, that's, that's Christmas sorted for me, um, this year and I'm really happy. I'm really happy. So if you want to know how happy I am about gaming, go listen to episode 28. Um, and yeah, I'll keep on telling you how the PS5 rolls and, and, and into the future. some sweet,
1: sweet serendipity from you, uh, last week, you know, giving out your thoughts and your energy and all that (laughs) positive, positive, uh, Gaming community vibes, and you were repaid with a with yep, a, yep. a big old, exactly. big old console.
0: <laughs> I'm excited, <laughs> you man. It's
1: great that it's here for um, you know, like the the next end of December season, where there's sort of lots of long nights and mm. time to, mm. to spend spend playing. I was going to say sort of cold, wintry nights because it is a cold day here, but but no, I'm having to wrap my head no. around the old summer Christmas after doing two yeah, two winter Christmases. Uh, in a row. Cause they are completely different, man. I mean, I was just, yeah, I, I was just thinking the other day, Fran and I were talking about like, you know, mulled wine and, and mince pies. Ooh. And I was just thinking, well, who wants, I like mulled wine, but who wants mulled wine if it's 25 degrees on December the 20th, you know, <laughs> um, so I'm gonna have to readjust my, my perspective. I think there's something, there's definitely something to, uh, the cold winter Christmas movies. Oh, for stuff. sure. and yeah. um, Maybe that'll be a good thing to to discuss next week. The old Christmas movies. Perhaps. Perhaps mm-hmm. that's what we can lead with. Some of the good Ooh. ones. Some of the bad ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because we should. We should say. Um, Matt and I have decided that we're going to take a little break after next week's episode, um, which will be episode number thirty to cap out the year. We're going to go on a little. It's a nice number. Nice round number, um, and we're going to probably take two or three weeks off, depending on how the dates line up, just to actually give ourselves some R&R time. It's been 30 weeks, or will be after next week, 30 weeks in a row, Mm -hmm. and as much as we love doing the episode every week, it'll be nice to have a couple of weeks off, um, not to necessarily recharge, but it's nice to sort of cap the season, take some time away, and we'll come back refreshed in January. So I've spoken to some... Some very loyal listeners who've admitted to me that they are—they've fallen a few episodes behind. Even the yeah, most—even yeah. <laughs> the most loyal uh, couple of people that I've chatted to. So that'll give give you some time to catch up over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, so today's episode, uh, next week's episode, and then we'll we'll have a bit of a, a hiatus over the Christmas and New Year break. Um, yeah, nice. But but yeah, stoked for you with the the PS5, man. I mean, as I've said, with my sort of gaming general. um i can't fully appreciate it but whenever i'm next in auckland and i come to see you i would be keen to have a go because oh for sure literally the last console i was on was a ps2 so i'm sure for me i'll be like the little kid in the shop going oh it moves so fast why why (laughs) can't i see any pixels in the in the gameplay and you'll look at me like oh god this guy really my friend um (laughs) But to move into this week's question for yes, you, yes. sir. I have one mm-hmm. and I'm very interested to to hear what you have to say and it seems appropriate for this time of, of year as we kind of wrap things up. I don't know if that's oh. if that's if that's pushed you into realising where I'm going with this. Um, yeah. one of the big things this week was Spotify Wrapped. Everyone oh, seeing their, yo, their yo. key listens this year, their most listened to artists, how many hours they've spent on Spotify, all of that kind of uh, kind of good stuff. Now, mm-hmm. some people not on Spotify, some people use Apple Podcasts, uh, but the discussion of, of music and who you listen to and who you've tracked the most, I think, is genuinely pretty interesting. I think this has been going for, what, like three, four years? I definitely remember yeah, the last bet, year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've at least done it uh, maybe p- the past three years before this, I think.
1: Yeah, and we have to presume that what Spotify comes out with is true. Uh, I presume they A must what? have some yeah. sort of analytics and listening to yeah, and, and all exactly. that kind of it's stuff. All it's, it's all data. It's all data. It's all data. But I guess my question to you um, is, is, can you... Inform the Bros and Brews podcast community of your your top artists of the year, your top song. Uh, if you were in any high percentage listens to any artists, how many hours you spent mm-hmm. listening, whatever data you have, whatever you think's interesting, uh, let the people know how your twenty twenty was when it comes to music.
0: Yeah, I got you. Um, so, yeah, to start off, my top song, my top song of uh, twenty twenty was actually uh, Roses, the Iman Beck remix. Um, Can you sing a little not, bit of it for me? I'm, I'm uh, sure I know it, but... What well, is it? It's like, uh, uh, roses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, sorry. It's funny uh, how, it's funny how that is...
1: That. Uh, no, you didn't destroy it. I <laughs> thought that was basically as good as the original. No, Not should have got the original, <laughs> but as soon as
0: you sing, it's like, yep,
1: that's... Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I um I the first listen I had was back in January mm-hmm. um of the, right at the start of the year and I listened to the whole way through the year. So that was my top song. Do you um, have total number of streams for it out of interest? No, uh, not in, or oh, not in front of me. That, not in front right. of me. That's right. That's okay. Um I also got the I Love You Baby remix as well. It's like a, almost like a, you know, the um, 10 Things I Hate About You? Yeah. Heath Ledger yep. sings it. Yeah. It's a remix of that. Um, I, I like my remixes. I don't know mm. why, but I do. Um, and then The Scots by um, Travis Scott. Yeah. Uh, Sunday Best and uh, Deep End Freestyle, which is also another remix of of a song called Deep End. Um, so really, really like my, uh, my pop because um, it was my pop was my top genre actually um, I, I do I do like my pop I don't know why but I do um, See, I think, I think because this I, is I, the
1: sketchiest of Spotify's data things because obviously genre is kind of debatable I think obviously if it comes and says, this is the song you listen to most, you can believe it most. But I think in terms of people going through what Spotify rap said for them, it seemed like the genre one was the thing that people had most beef with because they're like, this isn't in that. I I was pop heavy as well and I wouldn't think I'm a pop listener, but I guess who knows what genre they're putting different artists into.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can definitely say I, I am definitely a pop uh, genre, <laughs> genre. I listen to a lot of top hits, like when I'm on the way to work or things like I have like the global top 50, I have the top hits of like the moment kind of thing. So I am listening to them because I'm interested on in what uh, other people are listening to or like, you know, what's trending and stuff like that. Um, but then, yeah, I also had rap. I then had show tunes and then I had EDM as well, which I would say pretty much, Uh, I'm not usually a big rap listener, but I think once again, it comes to those top hit playlists. There are a lot of rap in there. Um, So I will, I'll listen to them. Um, What else? Uh, Top artists. artists. Yep. Artists. Yep. Uh, My top artist once again for the second year in the row was Billie Eilish. Um, to no great surprise i, I must admit no, not in a good yeah, way, not in a bad way not no, in a good way just i, know, I for thought sure, for, sure, for sure, sure she'll be number one <laughs> yeah definitely uh and i was in the top three percent of listeners this year for Billie eilish um so it's pretty yep.
1: good man there's a lot of yep. there's it's a lot a, of
0: there's a lot of people um,
1: a <laughs> lot of teenage girls out there not i'm yeah, saying no, I, I, no, not i no, not no. that i'm saying Billie eilish is <laughs> only for teenage girls but i'm saying that's that's Possibly more impressive than, you know, someone listening to an artist within a slightly more niche genre.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I hear you. I hear you. Um, And then my second... Uh, top artist was the original Broadway cast of Hamilton. Nice one. Yeah, bro. I, I listened to that so much this year. I, eh? um, I've watched it maybe four times now um, on, on Disney plus. Uh, and then, yeah. And then because I listened to Hamilton so much, it's then Lin-Manuel Miranda and then Leslie Odom Jr. And then Kanye West. Mm. <laughs> mm. So they're my top five. Um, so really I'd say top three um, because, Hamilton is, is Hamilton and those two are in Hamilton. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's the w- it's obviously the way that Spotify categorizes the songs. Yes. Because yeah. some of them are the cast and then some of them are just them. Um, but nevertheless, uh, a def- it was definitely a Billie Eilish and a Hamilton year for me and artists. Um, and overall, I had uh, 12,493 minutes listened. See, that's, um, that's not... That much
1: again, no. not as so, not as like a judge yeah. thing, but someone said to me the other day that they had over eighty thousand minutes, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah.
0: that's a lot." I know, so I I have some beef with that because I remember one year when I did RAPT, I only had like maybe seven or eight thousand minutes listened, and I know that I was pretty much listening to music every single day, so I'm not entirely sure what Spotify class classes as like minutes, whether it's like. Um, Like, I'm wondering if you're offline listening to music, Ah. it doesn't actually count the minutes. Like, you actually have to be online on Spotify. So if you're using data or if you're on the Wi-Fi, if you're not and you're just listening to your music that's downloaded onto your phone, it doesn't actually count those minutes that that you're listening. Um, And because that's me walking to work and all of this kind of stuff, like every single day, it's not actually counting those minutes. So that's only 12,000 minutes listened online when i'm connected to wi-fi or um, 4g and stuff like that i think that's the way that it works because if you're at home listening to music every day you're connected to the wi-fi every day so it's counting the amount of minutes and things that you're tuning through and stuff that would make a lot of sense because i don't know how they would like
1: track what you're listening to if if you're you're offline. exactly exactly
0: yeah well... But, yeah, what, what, what? tell me yours, man. What, what about you? Yeah, about you? yeah.
1: I mean, I must admit, I I'd already screenshotted quite a lot of the pages, but then I realized that there were a few that I haven't screenshotted to. Screenshotted to? <laughs> screenshot. Can you tell <laughs> I'm on my phone at the moment? Um, I'm just trying to find out how many l- minutes... There we are. The minutes listened for me was 23,618. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow. To start off with the... Uh, I guess songs for me. So the song that I listen to most, I I kind of knew it was going to be because I have one song that when I do yoga in the mornings, I always listen to one song. Yeah. Um I don't know why I've just must have established that in 2018 being my yoga song and I haven't got sick of it and now it's kind of a familiar comfort. Um mm-hmm. and that song is Wash by Bonnie Vere.
0: Ah, just
1: one of their very
0: yeah, nice. chill.
1: It's not instrumental, but it sort of feels instrumental. Um, mm-hmm. and my total streams of that was 162 and I only listen to wow. it when I do yoga and I tend to get a couple of list like two listens of it per session. So I was doing the maths and being like, Oh, probably about 80, did it yoga 80 times in 2020, which so Spotify has sort of provided me with my. <laughs> Yoga wrapped for, for the year, <laughs> the year as well. Um, other top songs kind of followed the same the same vein because my number two song. Uh, I should explain. I have a playlist that I call uh, the work, which is all stuff related mm-hmm. to. I made it when I was at drama school. All stuff for like warm ups and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And so my number two song was 2009 uh, from the Macmill album swimming which Mm -hmm. is my stretching song so so clearly the amount of times i've done yoga a significant majority of that i've i've done my stretching which is good my number three song is milk and honey from the anderson pack album venice which is my ab workout song (laughs) (laughs) such a a good trend here and then uh my number four and number five uh songs are the first two tracks of malibu which is my kind of uh, as yeah. you know from the desert yep. island episode is my number one mm-hmm. go-to album so yep. my songs were relatively uh predictable i guess mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of artists number one was anderson mm-hmm. pack uh number two daniel caesar number three Mac Miller, number four bonniver and then hilariously number five is an artist who I don't know at all. So, what I have to presume is that it's someone that my parents listen to because they share my Spotify premium. Ah, And so, when this thing came through, I was like, Reb Fountain, never heard of you. And supposedly, (laughs) you're my number five. But also, I don't think my parents listen to Spotify that much. So, they must be listening to Reb Fountain a lot. Um, So, I guess that's a music person for us to listen to because my number five and I've couldn't tell you a single song by Rep Fountain. Um so yeah, <laughs> pretty funny. pretty predictable for me. I'd say twenty-three thousand total listens. Um in terms of genres, again, I think it was a lot of oh yeah, my number one genre was show tunes, which I was kind oh, of yeah. surprised by, but I think probably just having listened to Hamilton yeah. a lot yeah. and other I guess musical theater songs made it number one. That was the thing that I looked at. I was like, uh, that seems unlikely. Number okay. two, pop number three, hip hop number four, chill hop hop. And again, I'm like, who is deciding whether Daniel Caesar is chill hop, hip hop blues, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then number five, modern rock. And I was like, OK, Modern rock, I, eh? I don't know who fits that bracket, but but, you know, <laughs> I'm not deeply offended or, or anything like that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, they this the Spotify thing said that I listened to two hundred and nineteen new artists this year and one hundred and seventy eight oh. genres. And it's funny because you think about that and I'm always someone that considers myself to not listen to a lot of new music. But I yeah. guess if people are featured on songs, maybe that counts. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, hey, for me, for that, I've got that number as well. So you know how I was talking about—I listen to a lot of top hits. Yeah, I listened to seven hundred and ninety-five new artists this year. It's, I mean, that's crazy. That's yeah, yeah. So that yeah, so that just like you said, I mean. That that's that I listen to a lot of top hits, global fifties, and they're constantly changing throughout the year. Yeah. And that's the, that those are the things I'm listening to. Ah, that so yes, yeah, I discovered yeah. So I discovered 800 artists, and that's why my songs are so random. You know, like compared to the artists that you're listening to and what songs that you have. Yeah, mine are all of these top hits, quite random, poppy remix yeah. EDM. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: That's, yeah. Um, and then to to finish out, I wish. Well, I don't know what your podcast things are because Spotify gave podcasts with I, them a I d- this year. Yeah, I didn't have any. I didn't have any. You didn't have any. Um, no. Well, we should say a big thank you and shout out to everyone who uh, found that the Bros and Brews podcast was in oh, their yeah. top five. Um, there are about six or seven people, so I won't name you all, because if I name someone and then don't name someone else, I'll feel bad. But you know who you are. If the Bros and Brews was in your top five podcasts of the year. Thank you so much. Extra love to you. Uh, embarrassingly... The Bros and Brews podcast was not in my top five top five podcasts, but I listened to a lot of different podcasts. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to forgive myself there. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought Spotify Wrapped is actually such a good way of looking back over what you've listened to. And as someone that's yeah. always struggled to listen to new music, I am. I'm positively surprised by Spotify informing me that I've listened to new artists and stuff this year. But yeah, I thought, I thought I was just interested to, to get a gauge of, of what you'd been listening to. And yeah, I mean, if any of the artists that we've mentioned are artists that you, the listener, aren't familiar with, we obviously love them so much for them to be in top five. So absolutely, um, recommend all those. Any, any extra final thoughts from you on your Spotify wrapped?
0: Um, oh, I, I think it was pretty It was pretty all over the place, but I knew it would just because of the playlists that I listen to almost every day. Um, yeah, I think the, the discovering 795 artists was probably the big like, whoa, for me this year in Wrapped. Um, and then, yeah, Billie Eilish, I kind of knew it was going to be that way. Um, I did just want to have a final comment. I saw a meme the other day talking about Spotify Wrapped and it was like, um, oh, what, well, when... Uh, when you want to post, you know, when you post your 2020 rap, it's like, oh, I can't wait for everyone to, to see what I'm listening to this year. And then when you see other people's 2020 rap, oh, I don't care. Yeah yeah you know you know it's like i don't care what you're listening to but i hope everyone cares what i'm listening to yeah it's such a one-way street Day um, eh? we're all so self-absorbed yeah, which i thought was pretty funny so, yeah 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 and and also um, the
1: people that post about it are clearly people who are like proud of their music listening and then people who don't yeah 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 but yeah. are interested in it are people who have some kind of shame there should be no shame about what you're listening to whatever you no. listen to is, is what you love no genres exactly. are better than other genre um it's all subjective. It is all subjective. To move into our main topic for the day, which is going to be, I guess, slightly, well, definitely less uh, lighthearted than, than what's been the top part of this podcast, but it's something that we've been talking <laughs> about for a while, um, and I think has sort of had snippets within previous episodes and conversations, um, Yeah, it's cancel culture, which mm. I think has been a really big part of The shifting landscapes of of pop culture, uh, the entertainment industries, TV, film, theatre over the last few years, this this amplification of uh, how we perceive the individuals that are involved in these industries. Things like the Me Too movement, uh, accountability for who uh, people are in their personal lives versus who they are uh, on screen or as characters that they play or the music that they produce, these conversations have become amplified over the last couple of years. Um, and it's I guess it's kind of surprising that it's taken us this, this long to come round to this this topic, but I think we've we've hit on lots of points that have kind of related to this without having spent a whole episode on it. Yeah. And I think yeah. to sort of not round out the year we have another episode and and we definitely want to end on an episode that's sort of slightly lighter than than cancer culture which is a very uh serious problematic discussion it seems kind of a, an, a decent way to summarize what has been a year talking about identity and and culture and uh celebrities and art and how all these things mix together the, the problematic and the beautiful and cancer culture is is clearly um a a thing that especially within our industry what we're passionate about creating and consuming is kind of the the dark side of it i guess um before we dive in any opening thoughts from you we discussed that we were going to do this a few days ago so we've had a bit of time to sort of plan and ponder what we want to talk about anything off the top
0: yeah i i think for me i think cancel culture is just a new way of 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 saying pc right yeah political correctness you know it's it's cancel culture is this is this thing of if you I mean like you said I think I think two big words that come for me with cancel culture is accountability and consequences you know what you say or do in a public forum whether it be twitter online youtube uh, like an interview or what you do with your art if 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 it if it doesn't, I don't know, if it comes off in the wrong way, there's going to be consequences. And I think the day of age that we live in now, 2020, I mean, but especially over the past two years, um, you've got to be held accountable for your actions and, and what you say. I think the, the big thing with cancel culture is like free speech, right? We it, it, We have as a right as human beings of saying, whatever we want to say, it's free speech. Like we can do that. But I think it depends on where it's coming from, you know, who are you targeting and these views and things like that. People are going to challenge you you know like you have to be open to being questioned for the things that you say and then i think it's up to you after that how you handle it on whether you're going to be cancelled or not you know um so i think yeah accountability and consequences is probably the two big things that come out of cancel culture straight away for me at least yeah too two massive buzzwords that i think are are perfect to look
1: at what is a really huge topic with with so much variance i think that's what we've been talking about there's so much spectrum to these experiences and and actions and problematic aspects of people's personalities which which we will obviously go over um i think the biggest sort of cancel culture uh topic event that's going on at the moment is the, the cancelling of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Um, if you are unaware of these sort of cases, I guess I'll give you a quick rundown. Basically Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, are a, uh, a famous, I guess, celebrity acting couple, perhaps Johnny Depp's slightly more famous, well, definitely more famous than Amber Heard. Um, and they were married, uh, no longer together and amber heard um a couple of years ago came out with very serious assault allegations against johnny depp johnny depp has always maintained his innocence and more recently he uh filed a libel uh case against the sun which is a uk uh sort of tabloid trash basically regardless of how you feel about uh this case it's a crap newspaper um he filed a lawsuit against them because they had described him as a wife beater in an in a, uh, article. And so the difference between the, the first case, which was from Amber Heard filing against Johnny Depp. And this case was that Johnny Depp was essentially arguing that the son had smeared his name, which I guess is Mm. the kind Mm. of whole point of cancel culture, right? Like taking people's reputations and, um, diminishing, destroying them. Johnny Depp was found, uh, well, he didn't win the case. Uh, so the judge found that there was enough evidence against Johnny Depp for the son's claim of him being a wife beater to not be, um, wrongful in a sense. And as a result of that, Johnny Depp has been, and it has gone through, asked to essentially resign from the role of Grindelwald in the, uh, Fantastic Beasts film franchise, film franchise which only a couple of episodes I mentioned was Mm -hmm. the film that I would most likely to be involved in. So I have definitely have an interest in this from a fan perspective. And I think because of that I've been following the case not super, super, super closely, but with some interest over the last few weeks. And yeah, it's it's caused a lot of I don't want to say controversy, but there's people on different sides. There are people who have the belief that Johnny Depp is a violent, alcoholic, manipulative uh, abuser and should rightly be kicked out of the entertainment industry. Um, And there are people on the other side of it who think he's completely innocent and who believe that Amber Heard is the abuser and that Johnny Mm. Depp is completely innocent and Amber Heard is, is the abuser and the violent party of that relationship. Then there are people who are in the middle who think that both parties are guilty of emotional and physical uh, abuse of the other and that both parties should be treated equally and should both be shamed and removed from the industry. Then there are people that are also in the middle who believe that same, that they both share equal blame as abusers, but that both people should sort of still be allowed to be in the industry, if that makes sense. I think Mm. the key element ongoing is that Johnny Depp has basically been fired from Warner Brothers for all intents and purposes and amber heard continues to be on the cast of aqua 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 aquaman 2 and there is a petition at the moment which i think has reached over like one and a half million signatures
0: massive yeah yeah Yeah,
1: for people asking for her to be removed and and calls for equality um Mm. Mm. i think it's a good end to this topic of cancer culture because it's uh it's an ongoing case at the moment that looks into the cancelling of multiple parties across different genders and the different reputations of people and, and how personal life should go into, um, I guess professional life. Um, and because people have such split views, whereas there's other cases that we'll talk about ongoing where sort of, I'd say almost a hundred percent of the public seems to be on one side that yes, these people have done horrible things in their past and we should completely cancel them from the industry. Whereas clearly there is really mixed opinions on where the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case comes from and how people believe the different sides of the story. And I think that's the the problematic side of, of cancel culture is there's always going to be perspective, different opinions. There's always going to be false information, true information, different accounts, different witnesses. In some cases, which are the cases we're going to go over first, people have been, in my opinion, and I'm sure yours, rightfully cancelled. And generally, yeah. we believe that these people's personal lives have been so... Uh, so disgusting that no one believes that they should have any role in the industry. Then there's people down the other end of the spectrum who, what they've said, what they've done is, is either still contested or perhaps not quite so problematic that we have to sort of look at ourselves and think, well, how strongly do we feel about these actions of these people? And is it enough for them to be kind of canceled totally? I mean, have you, have you followed the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case with any real focus
0: yeah yeah i have yeah i I have followed it i mean it's uh, like you were saying you kind of hear you hear one side of it and then you hear another side of it um and then yeah you know like yeah everything coming out uh the the recordings the recordings of their conversations and things like that i've listened to quite intently just because i i i'm obviously a one of like i like you know both sides in perspective, obviously yeah um, but and it's it 's interesting listening to those recordings and trying to hear the truth and sincere, sincerity behind it and things i've also watched recordings of Amber Heard reacting to certain things as well, and it's it's you know i i 'm not one to pick sides in this i don 't think um, because it does it, for me personally, and this is obviously my opinion, it does seem like it goes both ways, like it takes two to tango in that situation, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think you know, with with Johnny being like you said, essentially fired, is really interesting in in that sense. And then yeah, like you you brought up the the Aquaman as well. I've been reading reading things about that about how how Amber should be let go of that and. Um, I've also been very interested on who would replace her as well, because um, it's the, it's the same with Johnny Depp as well, who's going to be replacing um, him for um, for Fantastic Beasts. Um, have you have you seen have you seen the re- the re- kind of reports on who who would I be, think it was confirmed. It? I, it is confirmed. Yeah. Okay, so no, I I thought it, I thought it was, I thought it was, and that's um, it's a, it's M- it's Miles, isn't it? Miles Mills Miles. I don't know how you Mills? pronounce his first name, to be honest. His surname M- Mickelson. M- M- Mickelson, yes. Yeah. M- Males Mickelson, yeah. Um, which, yeah, I I always find casting and stuff like that interesting in, in its sense. But when you're trying to replace someone else, I think is is always going to be a, a hard thing. Especially with what's come, come from behind it as well. Like why, the reason why Johnny Depp was let go. And then someone else then having to come and replace them, I think, is hard in itself as well. Not uh, not just for the studio, but for the actor doing that also, and the cast. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it, it all comes out from that in the sense of yeah, from a from a cast point of view and and, and working through all of that stuff. And but yeah, it, it's I I find it very interesting this whole kind of cancel canceling people and stuff. But yeah. I definitely find myself somewhere in the middle in this case. Um, I'm a
1: fan of Johnny Depp's work. I'm not like some ultra fan. Like I've grown up watching films Mm. that he's been in. I have no history with Amber Heard. I've not seen any film that she's in as far as I'm aware. So clearly I have a bias towards Johnny Depp just by uh, appreciating his work versus not appreciating Amber Heard's work. I think it would be uh, only fair to acknowledge that. Um, To me... Of course, there are people who have been in the courtrooms, who have followed these as journalists, these cases far more closely than I have, but I've, I've consumed a fair amount of content and I'm with you. It seems to me like we've both been in relationships, not don't want to necessarily say toxic relationships, but we've both been in relationships Mm. and understand that these things go both ways a lot of the time. And to me, it seems like if I had to make broad statements about them. they both had a problematic relationship with each other, perhaps both had violent tendencies, and and both physically and emotionally abused each other. Taking that forward, then you go, well, what is the industry's responsibility and rights to go, well, we don't want these people representing us? Um, that's a whole different question. You know, This all comes mm. down to business and money and that sort of stuff.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. Image, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I sit somewhere in the middle, but sort of rewinding back to where cancer culture started i think has come from a lot of cases where we feel pretty strongly about people's guilt and and their the fact that they shouldn't be involved in the, the industry and we've tried to break down these cases into sort of subcategories and a lot of the things that started out cancer culture were specifically sexual assault cases um particularly the number one being harvey weinstein um a regardless of his uh, his personal life, a prolific Hollywood producer involved in over a hundred significant Hollywood movies. The Weinstein Company has fingers in many, many movies throughout the nineties, two thousands, two thousand and tens. And I think in October twenty seventeen it was that sort of allegations came out against Harvey Weinstein that, that blew up into the that became the Me Too movement. Over 80 the women came movement. forward yeah. to testify against him. Um, sexual assault uh, accounts dating all the way back to the late uh, 1970s. The Me Too movement sort of was charged from that and all these conversations about uh, impropriety and sexual assault and, and rape and improper behavior within the entertainment industry is particularly centered in Hollywood kind of came out from it. Um mm. Harvey Weinstein was charged with number of felony counts, including rape in May 2018, and was found guilty of two of the five counts and is currently serving, I believe, 23 year, 23 year sentence and also has um, some cases in California, I believe, still to come forward. But Harvey Weinstein was, was this big number one thing that kind of kicked it all off. And quickly following that was a number of other um, prolific male people in the entertainment industry, including Kevin Spacey, who had a, uh, a performer called Anthony Rapp come forward and talking about an event in 1986 where Anthony Rapp was only 14 and Kevin Spacey was 26, um, alleging that Kevin Spacey had uh, sexually assaulted him uh, I believe the louis c k his uh personal reputation was sort of part of part of that as well as a number of other people and in these cases of sexual assault, it seems that the industry, rightly so, kind of banded together
0: and basically went
1: there's no there's no part for this and no, I think well, that that's has because, started that's because the,
0: they they knew it was going on, right? Like it had been going on for such a long time that they really were waiting for a catalyst, like one massive big event to be like, okay, now is the time to stop this shit, you know, and and jump on it. And you're so right, the the entertainment industry did jump on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not to say that
1: this was the first time that people in the entertainment industry or pop culture have uh, done terrible things in their personal life. It's obviously not the case, but I think the Me Too movement has kind of led to where we are now in terms of mm. cancel culture. And sure. as we'll get to in a bit, canceling people for indiscretions, crimes, varying words for things that sort of objectively are not as, I, it's hard to pick the right words, bad as someone who's a serial sexual assault person, such as Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, who had, you know, over 80 people come forward and, and you know, Allege of of that kind of behaviour, um. But it clearly started out, and those are the things that have spawned this movement. And now we're in a place where the 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 tightrope for walking is is kind of all eyes are on everything, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, you look at someone like that. I I wrote down someone like Michael Jackson, who obviously is no longer alive. So questions of people's reputations change when they're alive and when they're no longer alive. Um but Michael Jackson, one of the sort of most iconic figures of the 20th century. um, And I think it was in the late nineties. That was when the first questions of his relations with, uh, underage boys were coming forward. There was a court case in, I believe 2005 that sort of, he was found, um, not guilty of any wrongdoing. And then of course, a couple of years ago, was it the, uh, Mm. leaving Neverland documentary came forward and, I remember there being massively split opinion on that people who were like, clearly Michael Jackson was guilty of all these behaviors. And there were people that were like, absolutely not. This is complete, complete fraud. These people were just searching for money. And this, we kind of get into the area of, of people being on different sides of the case as, as with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, right there are, Mm. there are some situations where I use Harvey Weinstein as the example Everyone is kind of in like good riddance in jail yeah. for life, we hope. Yeah, and then sure. we move into into the questions of people where where it's not so concrete, people sit on other sides of the fence, and then that leads us to the, the kind of the ultimate question of can you se- separate art and the artists who create that art? Yeah. And I think that is the question that we as consumers are constantly having to deal with as we consume entertainment and pop culture, you know, music, television, YouTube content. Can you separate the people who make that content, especially if you've enjoyed that content before they've been cancelled and, and afterwards, um, who, who do you have some examples of, of people that you've, consumed content from and now have a problematic relationship with, are there any off the top of your head? I mean, I I definitely have some, even with people that we've, we've chatted about just leading up to, I mean, how do you feel about Michael Jackson? How do you feel about the great number of movies that Harvey Weinstein has been involved with? How do you feel about that consuming and processing art made by people that have now sort of been revealed to be problematic figures?
0: Yeah, I, look, me, me personally, I, I've never let it get in the way of what I'm consuming. Um, I, I know in a lot of people that have been like, oh no, nah, I don't listen to Michael Jackson at all. And I'm like, but like it, his art is great though. Like his music is great and it has been great for a very long time. Um, and I mean, it's the same with Johnny Depp as well. I know people that don't watch Johnny Depp movies anymore and I'm like. I love Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> and I will and I will still watch that stuff for, for for me I've always said now hate is a really big word but I've always said this hate the artist, love the art right uh, and that's essentially what you just said there in a, in, a, in a different way I've always like you said I've kind of always been able to separate the artist from what they're doing look if, if, if an actor is doing a good job then you don't know that the actor is like the actor is playing a character yeah. right it's it's not them it's someone completely different um, uh, yeah and if they're doing a good job then you can separate those two things maybe if it's a bad act and you can't separate it then that's a bit different um, but then the same with music and things like that like if I enjoy something I'm going to listen to it like I am I'm going to listen to it and and, that, and that's what I do with Michael Jackson don't get me wrong I'm not listening to Michael every day like I'm not going oh, I'm going to listen to Michael Jackson but if a song comes on the radio or something I'm not skipping it or I'm not going to another channel or something like that I, I can I can live with the fact of of enjoying the art um, but yeah, uh, but then but then that's the whole thing with um, consuming. Then, like, if you're consuming something, are you then not supporting that artist and and what they do and stuff like that? But I, I I think that's the the hard fine line of it all. You know, I think as artists and as consumers, it, you're always going to be questioned whether it's in a good light or a bad light. Uh, so I, I I honestly off the top of my head can't think of anyone where I'm like oh, no, I can't do that, or I can't watch that. Yep. So I guess I'm in that boat of, yes, I can kind of separate the two things. Because, um, yeah, like I said, I've always been, hate the artist, love the art. Yeah. And I think that's probably a more honest stance to take than
1: perhaps a lot of people who potentially are the kind of people who would say, like, oh, you can't listen to that, oh, you shouldn't watch that. Because, for example, using Johnny Depp, there might be people who say, Oh, I can't believe you watched Pirates of the Caribbean 3, John and Depp, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what I would say to those people is, Well, have you watched any films made by the Harvey Weinstein company with mm. Harvey the mm. Future? Because a lot of famous films has babies. I'll just run you through a real quick list: uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, The English mm. Patient, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Arguably my favorite movie. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Shakespeare in Love. uh, What else we got? Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Gangs of New York, Chicago, Kill Bill. Like, scary movie. Harvey Weinstein had his fingers in in so many films that people love. And, you know, Inglorious Bastards. And another one, like, how are you... Silver Linings Playbook. Sorry, I'm obviously scrolling through online because there's such a big list. Uh, Paddington, you know, Django Unchained. How do you stop having a relationship with something that you've already consumed and grown to love. Yeah, now, it's different true. if, if Harvey Weinstein was still making films and they were releasing yes. new things and you were yes. going out and watching that stuff. But if it's something that you film formed a relationship with, it's really hard. I think for humans to all of a sudden disconnect from something that you love and you're passionate about and you enjoy simply because you learned something about the creator of that work, which sounds silly because we should, we mm. should be able to, we should go, Oh, I object. We objectively believe that these people are not good people. Therefore the things that they've made, we shouldn't appreciate. But I kind of don't think that's the way that the human brain and the human heart and all our emotions. are I mean, another couple of examples of people are Chris Brown and R Kelly to, uh, artists who i mean in chris brown's case a fairly well-known uh, assault history um with rihanna another really well-known artist mm-hmm. and r kelly who has a whole uh whole number of of cases that relate to sexual assault and activities with minors and drug charges and all that sort of thing but if chris brown if, if like a really famous chris brown song comes on or ignition remix comes on we have such a history with those songs that our brains go, Oh yes, I like the song way before they go. This song is an R Kelly song. Therefore I shouldn't like it. Like I do. I just don't think our brains are programmed that way. And I don't think we should feel ashamed at enjoying art that we've grown to love. Even if we learn afterwards that the people that have made that, that content, you know, we we now all of a sudden know that we don't agree with those people when we potentially think they should be in jail for their acts, that kind of stuff. But you're you're right. There's a difference between actively going right. I'm going to go and listen to the whole discography of R. Kelly versus yeah. if you're at a party and the song comes on and your brain goes and sings sings the lyrics. It's, you know, and and in some of these cases there are people that are uh, the, the charges against them are up in the air. In some cases people have been charged and it's kind of agreed that these activities did happen. But I guess what I'm getting at is a similar position to you, it's, it would be so difficult to, in your emotional consumption of pop culture and the entertainment industry over, in our case, 25 years to all of a sudden go right. Erase, 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 erase. Yeah. I'm not going to not watch Lord of the Rings, the fellowship again, fellowship of the ring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> simply because of Harvey Weinstein's involvement with that film. It wouldn't be fair mm. to the other actors involved in that project. Same with even House of Cards. Kevin Spacey yeah, is clearly true. the number one actor within that show, but it's still a brilliant production that yeah. hundreds of other people were involved in. Yes. He's the face of it. Yes. He's the main character in it, but I can still watch that show and appreciate the art and appreciate kevin spacey's performance as you said go that is a brilliant piece of acting and performance Yep. while yep. also not condone and support the the acts of that person's life right
0: yeah yeah i, I think i think that's the, the thing we get to with cancel culture it's like cancel culture uh, it's like you know they have fans they have money they have fame so like you know are they actually cancelled if they still have all of this stuff? Yep. You know, Harvey Weinstein obviously is doing his time. So that is, I mean, pretty cancelled, right? Um, but whether he still has money and fame and, and well, not, maybe not fame, but like money, right? He might not have any fans, but he'll have money. So it's like, I, I think, I think out of everyone that we've just talked about, he is the most cancelled. Yeah. Bill Cosby yeah, as you, well. You, Bill Cosby is and kind Cosby, of in, yeah. in that bracket, but yeah, Bill Cosby, someone that's,
1: was beloved by a generation of people, yep. whereas Harvey Weinstein yep. potentially never
0: got was never loved by by a wide audience, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I mean, and this, you know, we, we we start getting into the, I think, the next the next uh, sub genre category that you were talking about, um, in the sense of people's comments yep. and and things like that, you know, online or, or interviews and and things like that, you know views that people have um, whether it come from um, you know a belief that they have or whether it maybe come from like a satirical or comedy or something like that Um, we have this really big surveillance society now I mean I think that's what we can really put it down surveillance is that people are online looking for anything that anyone has said whether it be 10 years ago or 20 years ago five years ago or, or, or so on and so forth people are looking to to cancel people to, to just bring up old dirt um, and you know we've seen heaps of uh, different examples of that in the sense of Uh, Kevin Hart is is the first one that comes to me Um, Kevin Hart was obviously he was asked to do the Oscars Um, was it 2019 was Um, it it last year's Oscars or was it 2018
1: I think it was announced that he would host the 2019
0: Academy Awards in 2018. In, to, in 2018, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, so he he got asked to do that. And then all of a sudden online, um, everyone jumped on him for, was it, um, it was homophobic? Um, yeah,
1: it was from sort of comments? the 2009, 2010, 2011 period where he had made uh, homophobic jokes online. I think there were also homophobic jokes within his stand-up comedy routines um but yeah it was a mixture of online and kind of within his his sketches uh relating to
0: to to sexuality specifically yeah exactly yeah And, and and so the the thing that happened after that is that he had already apologized for that stuff he had done and then basically the um academy were like uh you have to apologize for what you've said and he's like i've already apologized and they're like no you have to apologize again and he was like well i'm not doing that uh and so he quit so he, he he resigned from doing the the oscars but then after that he because of all of the backlash that had happened he then did have to apologize again so that's the that's the harsh reality of this cancel culture is that he had already apologized for the comments that he had made but because it got brought back up He had to apologize once again so that's the scary harsh reality of uh social media and and online media and and what it does and that pressure and another big close one to my heart is also james gunn uh james gunn director um and writer of the guardians of the galaxy of the marvel series um and he's done man plenty more from that and basically yeah exactly the same thing happened with him uh Uh, many, many years ago. I think it was that same kind of that realm, that 2009 to 2011 realm. Um, He made jokes, um, uh, you know, whether it be about... uh, now look don't get me wrong I think what we're trying to get at is that there is a time and place for jokes and comedy and the content that you're throwing out yeah. but the way that he was coming out it is a was a very um, satirical place yeah. um, whether it be about um, pedophilia rape um, you know homophobic things and stuff but reading those reading those tweets and looking at them you can see the satirical nature of it but that doesn't mean that it was right in what he was doing and he did, he apologized. He he had already apologized for the comments that he had created, but once again it got brought back up. Disney, um, obviously now Marvel, Disney, um, they were like, Oh no, we can't be associated with him. So they fired James Gunn from doing the next Guardians of the Galaxy and being associated with Disney. And there was so much backlash, so much and I followed this quite closely. Um, the basically the same with Kevin Hart. He had already apologised for what he had done, but Disney were like, nope, you've got to leave. The whole cast of Guardians of the Galaxy basically came out and supported James Gunn for the firing and the actions of that Disney had just had just done with him. The amount of fans and everyone that were that that were on his side, because the the thing is that if you're a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy is not the same without James Gunn. Yeah. And we knew that only James Gunn could do Guardians of the Galaxy three but but no no uh disney were not budging so james gunn decided to go over to dc and he has now directed the next suicide squad movie which i must say looks amazing and i can't wait for that to come out um and you know i guess disney shot themselves in the foot there that you have him doing marvel who is the direct competition of dc he's gone over he's potentially created a great movie um, and now dc have actually hired him back to come and do guardians of the galaxy 3 so it's it's just a crazy political image of, you know, this, this runaround and turmoil that James Gunn had to go through for, obviously he knew that he had made a mistake for the comments that he had said. He had apologized, but yet because of the outcry and the canceling, Disney were like, okay, we can't be associated with him. But then every, but I think all of the good people, the people that realized that James Gunn had made a mistake, he had apologised for it, that were on his side, including the cast and people within Disney Company, they were like, no, get him back because he he, he has. He has apologised and you have thrown him off into the wild to actually potentially go and create better content with, with other people as a big F you to Disney. Because um, this stuff kind of I'm, comes into the... It's all about
1: second chances, right? The, second this chances, conversation yeah, with cancelling yeah. is all about people change people grow they apologize for yep. old mistakes when they were yep. they were younger can you trust that people have changed and apologize and genuinely feel differently about the the stuff they've put out which i think is the case with with Kevin Hart, uh, with James Gunn uh, is often the case with people who have been canceled for blackface. I mean, the list is huge. Yep. Jimmy true. Fallon in 2000, Justin Trudeau went through it this year and or last year um, from his history. Uh, the YouTuber Jenna Marbles, who I don't know quite so much about, but have been told, you know, one of the great YouTube um, creators who is no longer, no, is not on YouTube anymore because yeah, of the counseling she that she received. These yeah. people's cancelling all comes from uh, generally speaking comments or photos of or, uh, I guess, ideas put out from the past that people, as you said, go back, they dig it up and they say, hey, this person in the present was problematic in the past, therefore cancel present person. And I mm. think we have to look at... uh a big thing that gets talked about is, well, what was okay at the time? I mean, you look yeah. at, for example, Kevin Hart's comedy around uh, sexuality and homophobic comments. You just have to look at a movie like The Hangover, made in 2009, and that film is has such a strong uh, gay joke undercurrent, which at the time mm. sort of no one, I mean, I don't want to speak for the entirety of, the people consuming that movie at the time, but but generally speaking, in two thousand and nine, that wasn't considered so problematic. If you go back and watch The Hangover now, while I still think it's a great movie, and I think most people think of it as kind of a, a modern classic, there are jokes in there that you couldn't put in a movie anymore. But I think it's all taken with a grain of salt, and people understand that. Where the LGBTQ, I'm. Do you know all the letters? Because I want to
0: say all the letters. Um, LGBTQA plus LGBTQA plus AI. Uh, uh, L- LGBTQAI plus. I
1: think that's it. Um, thank you for assisting me there. Um, we're all getting better. We're all still learning, endeavouring to uh, have a better understanding of that community. But essentially in 2009, like that was considered not so uh, incorrect as it is now. It doesn't mean we can't look back and say, where we are now is a better place than we were then, but there's an, uh, an element of a grain of salt, and that humanity humanity changes. L- let's face it, yeah. back in in certain decades, blackface at parties was happening everywhere in the world. Everywhere does it mean that it was okay. Absolutely not. Doesn't mean that you should, you know, you should apologise, particularly for a person in public. In the public eye, if you did that, absolutely, it's all about moving towards a a better world where we don't encourage these things. But in the case of Kevin Hart and the case of James Gunn, these are comments made at a time where comedy was different, pop culture was different, yeah. the way the entertainment yeah. industry was moving was different. And you know, I and I think you as well certainly sit in the perspective of if we feel that these people's apologies are genuine and that they have changed from where they were in that perspective, then. We're all for for second chances. Second chances. Especially yeah. because, you know, sure we're only we're only twenty five, but man, have you ever been through your Facebook feed stuff from like two thousand and nine, two <laughs> thousand and ten? Sure, potentially I'm not suggesting that that you or I made massive transphobic comments, but the word gay was thrown around way more back then. Mm. I certainly mm. used language back then that I absolutely would not now. And if you're going to if you're going to uh demonize and cancel anyone then you have to be completely open to people feeling the same about you and i'm i went yeah. back and deleted my twitter page at some point not that i was ever particularly active on twitter but just because i knew that at the time when i created that i felt potentially there was i don't know language used there and whatever that maybe yeah. i wouldn't want to be reflective of who i am am now um it's just the nature like of life people grow up and, and they change and second chances and apologies are a big part of the conversation, um, with, with cancel cultures, particularly in the cases of, of these people who the canceling of them has been down to them making comments a lot of the time tweets. Um, and a lot of the time where satire and humor and, and making jokes has been at the crux of the problematic content rather than overt actions for example sexual assault physical assault um where people have been physically
0: abused or hurt yeah exactly yeah i I think it's it's always going to be a hard boundary to to you know figure out where people are coming from whether it be satire whether it be a true you know belief system and what they're saying but I think the whole thing is is that like we all have free speech and we should all be able to get second chances you know we all make mistakes and I think if we make a mistake then we should be able to rectify that in in ourselves and and not be I mean obviously we, we say accountability is, is a big word but if you've apologized for something and like you're saying it is sincere, then that should really be the end of the story. Like you said, past is gone. We're in the present. I've always been a really big belief in in the present. If if someone's done something in the past, but it doesn't necessarily affect m- me and and how we interact with each other, you know, then I, I don't really have a problem with that. But if, if they're doing something that affects me now, then obviously I'm going to have a problem with it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just about you know being able to. I mean, it's all it's all challenging power and you know and things like that, righting wrongs, and it, it's it's really interesting. But I mean, you know, we talk about I say power, we talk about celebrities and and you know these big names and things like that. But cancel culture doesn't just happen there, yeah. you know. Cancel culture can happen in everyday life, in your friend circles, or just random people in the in the streets. I mean, for for me, a, a, another big one of this cancel culture that comes straight to my mind um, is this whole thing with Karens. Yeah. Now, look, if you're offended by me saying Karens, then sorry. But it's just a big, big generalization of of, of what that is all about. Um, I mean, if you don't know what a Karen is, where are you in 2020? Um, But a Karen is basically a, um, a, a privileged a privileged woman who abuses their power, whether it be in the sense of, of uh, racism or sexism or money or just, just their privilege um, to just really bring down other people. And and, and the, the big one for me that comes uh, straight to mind is the, um, the Central Park. Um, a, a woman called the cops on a black bird watcher within... Oh, was it a dog? Or maybe there was a few. Anyway, uh, a, a, a white woman called the cops on a on a black woman for doing absolutely nothing and then the cops turned up and it was all filmed and she was being completely outrageous and the big ramifications of that because it went onto social media and the way that she reacted and calling the cops in general, she got fired from her job um, and her dog also got taken off her as well. Um and you know she literally got canceled from her everyday life because of the actions of the way that she was presenting herself to the world you know so there's there's instances like that i mean you you see the videos all the time people recording because they have to be held accountable for the the way that they're acting towards other people especially especially in the black lives matter movement and in this whole entire year what well, that's all been about you were going to get called out for just being racist for being sexist and you have to be able to suffer the consequences of of having that like i said at the start free speech is a thing i get that but i think for a world where we're trying to be more equitable you have to be careful and be able to suffer the consequences of your actions um and be challenged in what you say and what you do um absolutely and i mean And and I mean, in in the sense of you know, uh, social circles and in friend circles and things like that, um, you know, you you hear stories of people that have had their name absolutely turned through the mud um, because of uh, false claims or false accusations, and you know, in in social situations, uh, I'm, I'm you know, I'm talking about you and your friends, you know, whispers, grapevines, you know, things get. Push to other people, push to other people, push to other people, trying to absolutely drag a, a, a name under the mud and to, for, you, for people to stop being friends with you and for you to just have a really bad name ab- about you, which I think is, is really sad. I, I think obviously sad in the sense of if they're false claims and they're not real you know, um, just, uh, it's almost, uh, another form of, of bullying, yeah. I guess, you know, no, absolutely it, it, is. it is, yeah, it, it, but bullying in the sense of social circles and things like that. Um, and I mean, look, I, I grew up a lot with, with that bullying. And when I think about it now in that sense of, I don't know, maybe that was a very early form of cancel culture, um, of no one really wanting to hang out with me because of all of these things people were saying about me, which, is i guess now that i think about it is very much like a modern day cancel culture um so it's 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 where cancel culture is is not just about celebrities you know i think if you have something to if, if someone has said something or done something wrong confront that person talk to that person try and understand their perspective of that person instead of just trying to drag them through the mud and and paint a bad picture for them whether you post something on social media or whether you talk to other people about it and friends and and stuff actually try and confront and talk to the person and and and, and just see where they're coming from if they if they've said something then talk to them about that you'd be like why have you said this try and understand where they're coming from and if they can't understand the wrongs and what they're doing then that's another bigger conversation that you have to have with that person instead of just trying to to cancel them and get them out there hold them accountable for what they're saying and try and get them to see the (laughs) see the light you know see the good side of of the things and 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 not not necessarily change their views but Perspective on what they're saying and how or what they're doing is hurtful, and I mean, look, this comes back to our toxic masculinity episode as well, in the sense of call it out when you see mm. it, you know, um, and and having those conversations, and don't just drag people through the mud for the sake of not really knowing the full picture. I mean, look, if you know a full, if you know the full picture, then you, you know you know the full picture, but. Uh, what I'm trying to get at is is in, in our social affairs and our social bubbles and in, in our friends and things talk to the people that have views challenge them have conversations be diplomatic you know I think and uh, like I said before in this in this world where we're trying to be more equitable and equal and, and all so many different social fears. it's just important to be able to have those conversations with
1: others yeah because when it comes down to it people get cancelled in an everyday life it's all very you know, well to condemn you know people that are, that are out there in these big you know celebrity famous public eye but it it happens in new zealand with people that you are friends with or you're not friends with like it it can seem like something that happens way away from us when it's a big twitter war and it's to do with the oscars and kevin hart this and and chris brown that but imagine how it would feel if all of a sudden tomorrow everyone you know thinks that you're a bad person because you've done something wrong and you just didn't do it. Now I'm not advocating necessarily innocent before proven guilty or fake news or any of that stuff, but people do lie. People do manipulate and sometimes stuff just, just isn't true. And actually it can be just as damaging when it comes to a person within a friend group as it can be, you know, like on a big international stage. And, uh, I guess just to mention some names that we that we haven't gone through, like um Ellen has obviously been a big one this year, um, yeah. regarding emotional abuse of of you know, people that work for her. Leah Michelle, obviously a person who was on Glee for a long time. All these allegations came out against her. JK Rowling regarding transphobic comments. Harry Potter, obviously a big part of mine and millions of other people's yeah. lives. Roald yeah. Dahl, massive anti Semite. And we knew that he was anti-Semitic all the time that we were growing up with, with his books. You know that hasn't come out as some revelation. You know this this year, but I just saw a, a discussion about it online today. Like all of those books that we love, people have problematic views. So uh, you know, there's ups and downs with this. But I think the main thing that you and I are trying to, trying to share when it comes to cancel culture is, is accountability. Like you said, you have to you have to actually assess how you feel about consuming these people's content. For example, someone like Kanye West. I listen to a lot of Kanye music. I know you do as well. Kanye has said some things in the past that I don't agree with. He's an active Trump supporter. I don't agree with that. It's up to me to decide whether that is strong enough for me to no longer want to continue consuming his art, or if I can put that in a different box as the stuff that he creates. There may be other examples where I've decided that, you know what, I'm not going to consume that person's content because I don't feel comfortable with it. That's completely up to me. Mm. But the case with cancel culture is you have to be, you have to be informed and you have to actually buy into whatever your opinion is. And if you're going to, if you're going to consume that art, great. So long as you are taking a, a personal and ethical stand on what you believe in. To me, that is like you said at the top, that's the position that you're coming from. And it's an honest position where you, you have come on and you've said, you know what? I consume that art and I'm able to separate that. I'm not necessarily encouraging everyone to do that completely mm. each to their own, mm. but you need to be informed about the, the people that you're, you're canceling. It has to come from a place of personal truth and, and everyone's different in terms of how they, how they, consume this stuff, you know, we're all different. And as I said before, we're, we're all human and it can be really hard for us to disassociate stuff that we've, we've come to love in the past. But the main thing is being positive in these conversations and is engaging with these industries that you and I love so much. We love TV and we love film and we love theater and, and and we're trying to be as honest and accountable as we can when it comes to these conversations about identity and casting practice and representation and all that sort of that, that, that stuff that is important to be having discussion about in 2020. And I think we're in a place now with the entertainment and pop culture industries where we, we can no longer simply consume the art like, for all we've said, um, yeah, yeah. we have to, you know, part of your responsibility as a successful, uh, actor or a musician or whatever is, as you do give over some percentage of your life to the general public. Now you're also free to, to, you know, not want to engage with that and not have to do interviews. You know, someone like Frank Ocean, who's someone that I absolutely love and Lord, mm. for example, there mm. are people that are, uh, incredibly successful artists who have actively, sought to not be in that public eye perhaps for fear of cancel culture but if you if you are successful it's kind of what what comes with it and i guess generally it just boils down to being a good good person you know yeah being a a good person but (laughs) But it is a slippery slope and it is difficult and there is a world where you and I take off our acting careers and in 10 years time someone finds something that we said and all of a sudden we're being cancelled and I'll feel a lot better having had this this conversation and recognising that there is massive nuance to this. In some cases, people need to go to jail for the actions that they've that they've taken and potentially I would even go so far as to say objectively bad people who've made horrible things happen in other people's lives. In other cases, it can be misunderstanding. It can be changing of of the world and how we relate to certain views. There's just a whole range of these topics, right? And we were never going to get to some sort of definitive answer. Obviously, we've gone, you know, long and hard at this discussion. That's not what we're suggesting, finding any particular answer to cancel (laughs) culture. But as with any of these episodes and any of these topics, coming on, having open and, and frank discussion and talk
0: about these things... It's kind of always the way forward, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as we've been an advocate for many, many, many episodes now and from the beginning for us as well. Just talk just talk about it get views get perspectives you know it's important to know what other people are thinking and what other people are talking about because it engages us to want to do the same and we've known uh, people listening to these episodes have done exactly that they listen in and it really gets them thinking so they can go out and have the same conversations with the people around them Um, so yeah I I, I, it's been a very interesting episode today very interesting Um, but I think like you said we we don't have an answer for it but we just want to continue those conversations continue for you to think about what you're consuming and how you're consuming it and and what you put into your lives and and what's around you as well what's what you put around yourself and just just love one another you know just 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 keep sending it because as as we keep on saying it's free you know so have those conversations Keep on loving, and we'll get through 2020. We've only got a few more weeks to go. We'll get to 2021, and we'll, we'll see what that brings. Absolutely. Second-to-last
1: episode. We've got one more coming next week, episode 30. Uh, it's going to be a doozy. Matt sort of... About it last week. I'm excited. I'm excited to share one of my passions with um, everyone. Yeah. But as as always, we want to say thank you to the people out there who are listening, who keep giving us support and giving us all the Aroha and giving us the energy to keep going. Um, we're looking forward to to finishing out this year with a bang next week. And yeah, please keep listening. We hope we were somewhere on your Spotify Wrapped, even if it was number 34 in your podcast <laughs> listens. Um, if you've listened to us at all and you're listening to us now, thank you so much. And uh, I guess. all that's that's left to be said to everyone out there. We will see you next time. Peace! Are you ever afraid to talk about something? Do you avoid certain topics, maybe with certain people? Like your racist Uncle Frank. Sorry, Frank, it's true. Do you want to learn how to have better conversations increase compassion and build bridges not walls we don't talk about that with lucas land is the podcast where we do talk about that with me lucas land get it wherever fine podcasts can be found